Our reading today is taken from Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 1 to 16. And you can find this in the Church Bibles on page 1175 and on page 1860 of the large print Bibles, Ephesians 4, starting at verse 1. Unity in the body of Christ. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave us, he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, We will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you uh, for that reading, Helen. Wonderful prayers. And what I want to do is, is really look at this, this passage in a bit of detail this morning. And um, as I do, I'm obviously, as I said earlier, I'm bringing to a close this series, Back to the Future. And I want to think about courageous mission this morning and how we can exercise our gifts. So as we begin, could you just turn to the person next to you and tell them what your gifts are, please? Well, that's good. So um, we'll, come, we'll come back to that, but we're going to explore some gifts, especially that Paul talks about 
uh, in this passage this morning. But as I kick off, I, I do want to say, I think it's fair to say we live in quite uncertain times at the moment. I don't know whether you agree with that. I don't want to be alarmist and sort of, oh my goodness, let's get really depressed about this. But I think with what's happened with the referendum, there's a slight sort of shaking, a, a slight uh, uncertainty I pick up as I go around the place. And I think it's fair to say that there are leadership uncertainties. You know, we don't know who the next prime minister is going to be. Is it going to be May or Leadsom? Uh, who the next leader of the opposition is going to be? Jeremy Corbyn, maybe uh, Angela Eagle. There are economic uncertainties too, you know, in the sense of where's this all going to go? The, the governor of the Bank of England, they're obviously doing all they can to try and keep things stable. But who knows what's going to happen there? And there are political uncertainties too, you know. What, what are we going to look like in 10 years' time? What sort of agreement are we going to reach? Or what sort of relationship are we going to have with the uh, EU? And I guess as well, questions have arisen this week with the whole Chilcot stuff. And, um, you know, what does that mean for the people involved? Uh, what's going to happen there? Now, what's brilliant is that Paul writes these verses we've just had read out at a time of uncertainty uh, in the context in which he was in. And personally, he is in a place of great uncertainty. He's actually uh, under house arrest for speaking about Jesus, and he doesn't really know what's going to happen to him. He's a bit like Aung San Suu Kyi uh, many, many years ago in Burma, who who was put under house arrest. And what he does is he writes this letter to a group of Christians in Ephesus, and he covers all sorts of stuff. But in this chunk, he kind of uh, addresses a possible, I want to suggest this morning, uh, response to how we might respond to wider uncertainties and also maybe uncertainties in our own lives. Now, he says all sorts of things. He says, uh, in uncertain times, for example, make sure you live a worthy life, in verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a worthy life of the calling you've received. And what he's saying isn't um, actually the calling here. It's not sort of, you're called to be a business person, you're called to be a teacher, you're called to be a mum, that kind of calling. He's actually saying, look, first things first, just remember you're called to actually follow Jesus Christ. You've been caught up as a Christian in this most profound, extraordinary event in history, and you're caught up in relationship with God And actually, don't forget that in times of uncertainty. Just live a worthy life and honour that calling, centred as it is, on Jesus Christ. He says, uh, for example, you know, in times of uncertainty, make sure you treat other people really, really well. Under stress, under pressure, we're often at our worst, aren't we? But he says this in verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And let's be honest, as we look back over the last months of the referendum campaign, I think it's fair to say people uh, actually haven't often followed that, have there? There's been lots of slanging off. There's been lots of character assassination. Uh, I've spoken to many people who've been really slated on social media uh, uh, in the last few weeks for uh, saying various things or other. And uh, it seems to be going on uh, with the whole Ledson's comments about May in the Times. If that's, if that's true, who knows what's going on there. But it seems that, actually, Paul would say, look, just watch how you conduct yourself in these times, watch how uh, you 
the choices you make and treat other people well. Paul would probably also say uh, to us in the church, as he said to the Ephesian Christians, you know, in these uncertain times, uh, hold your unity. And he says this in verse 3 to 4. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all in all. So he would say, look, be unified. At this time, you might have a different range of responses to what's happening in the country. You might be feeling pretty unsettled and terrified and really anxious and concerned. And I know people have been having sleepless nights over what's been happening. You might actually just, it may have just, right on the other end of the extreme, may have just passed you by. You think, oh, what's the big deal? You know, it's just, you know, we just bat on and uh, we just do life. Whatever it is, though, he would say, you know, uh, you'll probably have different views, you'll probably have different anxieties, all sorts of stuff going on, different life pressures. But as people in the church, let's remember that despite this diversity of experience, despite this diversity of view, let's actually hold our unity. And we can hold our unity because we have far more as Christians that unites us than divides us. And what do we have in common? In a word, we have God. And so uh, they're members of the same body, they're sharers in the same spirit, they possess the same hope, the same Lord, the same faith, the same baptism, and so on and so forth. So actually just watch unity, Paul would say, uh, at this time. And uh, don't let uh, tensions come into relationships. Don't sort of be a bit antsy if your grandma's pro-Brexit or whatever, whatever it is and you're different. Just actually, just guard your unity. So what I want to do at this time, uh, this morning, is focus on the heart of this passage, which is really his talk about gifts. And this is obviously appropriate on a day when we're welcoming uh, Janie and Paul, uh, on a day when we've uh, just commissioned our wonderful pastoral assistants. I want to think a little bit this morning, focus in on the whole talk uh, of gifts. And I think there's all sorts of Questions in the papers, aren't there, about what do we do, how do we respond, um, what does this mean for us, all these things are valid questions. I think Paul would probably just say, look, as the church, press on and keep the main thing the main thing. Have perspective, have confidence, have hope, have assurance. Uh, We worship this God who uh, uh, is in control, he's in charge, and actually uh, he's faithful. And he would say... Actually, don't just press on. Uh, If you're to press on, you need to exercise the gifts that God has given you. And you need to discern what that is. And we've talked a lot about this as a church over the last two or three years, haven't we? We've had sermon series on it. We've had heartbeat courses on it. We've done all sorts of of stuff. And you guys are amazing at the way you do exercise your gifts, by the way. But he would say, just press on and go for those things. Now... You might be thinking, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know how you found that. Tell the person next to you your gifts. Uh, did anyone, who, who here thought, yes, uh, how long have you got? <laughs> uh, I've got 17, let me tell you. Uh, not many, we're English, aren't we? So we're often slightly reserved. Who here sort of thought, oh, I don't know my gifts. I'm not too sure what they are. 
you don't have to do this, but we can do this. There's a few hands going, wee, 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 wee. That's fine. But then often we can feel we don't have any gifts. Or you kind of, you know, I, I once did a whole weekend on gift identification when I first came to faith. And the guy at the end of the course said to me, Mike, we've, we've concluded that you don't have the gift of um, hospitality. I thought, thanks, is that it? That's encouraging. Which I, I didn't think was true anyway, but there you go. Now, I say that because actually Paul says everyone is gifted. Absolutely everyone is gifted. No one can be sitting here thinking I'm not very gifted uh, and that person over there is really gifted. We're all gifted, verse 7. To each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. The word grace here being charis, gifts being charismata from which we get the word charisma. And so it's important that we all recognize we all at least have one gift and multiple gifts, actually, probably. So we've all got these gifts God has given us, and it's crucial, Paul would say, that you exercise those. And he says this odd thing, verses 8 to 10. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean? Except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Now that's sort of double Dutch, isn't it? Quite frankly, read like that. But actually there's been a lot of theological ink spilt over that. Books have been read about that. But actually what he's saying is um, the risen and ascended Jesus has given a variety of gifts to different members of the church and uh, there's a reference in there to Psalm 68. So he's saying, look, God has risen and he's gifted the church. He's gifted you guys. He's gifted me. And we've got to take this seriously to take the church forward. What he does then in this passage, he focuses on five different types of gifts. And um, there, are a whole, there are a number of lists of gifts in the New Testament. Uh, but actually, he focuses on the five in verse 11. So Christ gave himself the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. These five are known as the fivefold ministry. And uh, I just want to go through these in turn. And don't worry, I'm just taking my shirt off. Um, it's a bit hot in here, isn't it? Is it a bit muggy today, or is that me? I suddenly think, am I, am I feeling, you know, am I ill? Am I coming down with something? Or it's not just me uh, who's feeling a bit sweaty. That's good. So um, as we go through these things, five gifts, I want you to just see which one you identify with most. So think about this. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. If you're thinking, I don't even know what these words mean, I hope you will by the uh, end of this time. So Paul actually would say in uncertain times, first of all, make sure we're pressing on pioneering and being entrepreneurial. And uh, he would say, uh, actually, don't stop. uh, Don't become passive. Don't become overwhelmed in this environment we find ourselves in. You've got to just press on into uh, mission and ministry. And I think we do need to reflect uh, on one sense, we do need to pause, think about the country. But what we have to avoid is sort of paralysis through analysis and sort of doing nothing. I had, uh, I don't, it doesn't happen very often, but I had a sort of sleepless night the other night over something else. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, when it goes around your head, do you ever have this? Oh, thanks. You're just saying it's just me. Thanks for that. And uh, it's going around my head. I woke up in the morning feeling really stressed, and I've just got to do something, I thought. And then as soon as I thought I'll do something, and this is what I'll do. I felt better. Because, so we've got to just crack on. If that's going to happen in the context of the church, Paul would say the people with the uh, gifts of being apostolic need to be released. Now, 
That word can sound slightly strange. What it obviously refers to uh, initially is the 12 disciples, the apostles. And uh, actually, uh, it also referred to a slightly wider group. Uh, The apostle Paul was one. But actually, what uh, it means, actually at its heart, is people who are sent people who are sent out. And on one level in the New Testament, this word means it applies to everyone, all Christians. We're all sent. We're all sent out, aren't we, under the terms of the Great Commission. But what this seems to be, it can't mean that because Paul is saying some people have this gift, not everyone. It seems to be that this is actually referring to those who are going to fire the pioneering entrepreneurial mission of the church forward uh, at this time, uh, the apostles. And uh, he's referring really to those who are sent on pioneer missionary work, locally or abroad, or those who are called to plant churches, locally or abroad. But I would broaden this this morning and just say, you know, uh, if, you, if you are entrepreneurial, if you're a startup person, uh, you need to discern what it is God's calling you to do in this season and seek to respond and take his kingdom forward. And so Paul would say, whatever you do, in this context in the country at the moment, don't let paralysis set in. We've got to just keep going and keep creative and keep entrepreneurial. Does anyone relate to that sort of entrepreneurial apostolic thing? There's a few people. So I would say to you... uh, Actually, Paul would say to you too, uh, let's not let paralysis set in. Let's keep firing. Let's keep going. Let's keep discerning what it is that God's calling you to do. Secondly, the second gift here is the uh, prophetic, isn't it? And in certain times, Paul would say, it's really, really important that we listen to God and we discern what the Spirit is saying. It's interesting, you won't find that question in any of the papers, the journals, the leading articles. Uh, Actually, Paul would say, it's really, really important in uncertain times to actually work out what God is saying. You know, what is God saying to the country? What is God doing in the country? What is God saying to you in light of what's happening in the country? What does that mean for your family? What does that mean for you in your work? You know, what is God actually saying? Now, again, in one sense, all Christians are prophetic. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. One of the great privileges of being a Christian is that you're not just in relationship with God himself, but you can have uh, this communication with him. And through uh, the Bible, through the Spirit, you can, you can actually engage with God and, and discern what he's saying to you. But actually, uh, it's clear from what he's saying here that actually some people have a prophetic gift. They seem to have a special gift to discern what God is saying. He's not saying they're like the Old Testament uh, Uh, prophets or people of that stature. Otherwise, um, you know, uh, that would affect um, our relationship to the Bible. I'm not suggesting that. Um, I'm not saying these are like the Old Testament prophets, these people. But he's saying there are people uh, gifted today who can actually hear the voice of God and seem particularly good at that. And we need to actually hear what they think God is saying. Does that make sense? And, and actually, we need to discern what they're saying. And of course, uh, they're never going to contradict the Bible. They're not adding to the Bible. But there's a sense that God is still speaking. And these people, through uh, his spirit, can actually discern what he's saying. Uh, someone came up to me this morning um, and, and said they'd had a word about this. So, so this is clearly happening. Does anyone have a, a sense of having that prophetic gift? 
this sort of gift of people. So there's a number of hands going up, you see. So can I encourage you at this time to actually be seeking to discern what God is saying? And actually, if you feel God has given you a word, as the person I spoke to by the water cooler this morning uh, said, can I encourage you to write it in our prophetic journal uh, at the back? And actually, we do weigh these things. We do take these things seriously. And it would be good to know what your sense of what the Spirit is doing uh, at this time. Also, uh, if you'd like to pray about what's happening as you seek to discern, can I just plug this um, prayer group for the nation, Prayer for the Nation Connect group, meeting every Tuesday night, 8 to 9.15 in here. If you want to pray about what's happening in the country, you can come along to that and you can just pray and be part of a group who's praying for the nation in these times. And it's not a politically biased group, obviously, but we're just seeking to... uh, lift what's happening to God. So that's the first thing, or that's the second thing. Uh, Let's keep pioneering. Let's keep entrepreneurial. Let's keep listening to what God is saying. I think thirdly, in uncertain times, Paul would say we need to keep pointing people to God. And uh, often in the church, uh, we can retreat from doing this. But actually, Paul would say we need evangelists firing in a church who, who can actually speak about Jesus Christ. And again, what's really important to remember is we're all called to bear witness to Jesus Christ. We're all called to be people who witness to who he is, to speak about who he is uh, and what he's done. And that's something that we're all called to do. But there seem to be, according to Paul, people who are known as evangelists who have a particular gift to be able to explain what God has done, what he's done in Jesus Christ in words and in language and in ways that people outside the church can actually understand. You know, a lot of what we do in here and say in here and sing in here and read in here and speak about in here is totally un intelligible to people who don't come to church. And so we need these evangelists, these interpreters who can actually uh, interpret and explain God's amazing truth to people who don't uh, know him yet. And uh, as a church, you know, I've challenged us all, challenged myself in uh, September 2017 to July 2018. I've challenged us all, I'm challenging myself to lead one person to faith. It's called this one uh, initiative we're doing. And we put all sorts of really exciting events, training, input, social, um, uh, together in the autumn to be able to do that. Fourthly, uh, in uncertain times, sorry, does anyone feel that they have that gift of evangelism? They're in the back row, that would be right. Um, so um, there's, there's a, few of that, a few of that happening, a bit of that happening. Fourthly, in uncertain times, we need to really care for one another, Paul would say. And uh, actually, I don't know how you're finding people at this time. Um, basically, I'm having lots of conversations with people who are, are feeling quite anxious in different ways. I've spoken to business people uh, who have set up businesses that are dependent on EU funding, and that's going to go, so they're worried. I've spoken to people whose business sector basically has, uh, sort of is on hold at the moment until everyone knows uh, what's going to happen in terms of the 
the government, the prime minister, all that sort of stuff, and their income is dropping. I've spoken to people who uh, are really worried about the racism that's been emerging in the country. You know, uh, hate crime is the highest it's been for a long time. There's all sorts of stuff happening. And there can be a sort of tenderness or a, a sensitivity at this time, people feeling fragile. Now, I have to say, we're all called, aren't we, to care for one another. I like what Beck said in her bit of the film. She actually said, you know, we're all the pastoral care team. And that's absolutely true, that we're all called to look out for one another, to care for one another. One person can't do that on their own. Ten people can't do that on their own. Twenty people can't do that on their own. Thirty people can't do that on their own. We're all called to do that. And yet, Paul would say, there are some people who seem to have this special gift of uh, pastoring, of being a pastor. And they seem to be called to it and gifted to it. The word pastor literally means shepherd, and uh, basically they're able to nurture and feed people and protect them from spiritual danger. This is the the essence of uh, what the shepherd does, the pastor does. And uh, again, it's wonderful just to commission the pastoral assistants in this role. And, um, you know, I don't know whether you've ever benefited from spending time with a pastor. I'm, it, it, it's wonderful to have that ministry uh, amongst us and firing amongst us. And we're looking to get more and more pastoral assistants amongst us. I think we've got four more in training next year. That's right, Jenny, isn't it? And so we, we're going to grow in this and seek to develop this gift uh, along with the other gifts. Anyone feel that they've got that pastoral heart, that pastoral gifting? So there's, there's, that's probably interesting, the, the highest amount of people so far. So that's encouraging, isn't it? And let me move on. We're getting there. We're nearly there. Fifthly, in uncertain times, Paul would say we need to hold on to the truth about God. You know, when we're uh, unstable in uncertain times, we need to actually remember who God is, what he said about the future of the world, what he's done in history, what he's doing uh, amongst us. And also, we need to remember that we know where this story is going and where it's going to end. And actually, we can forget that in the midst of email, uh, cooking, uh, running to work, uh, running meetings, whatever it might be. We can lose that big picture of just the extraordinary nature of what it is we're caught up in and uh, who it is we're in relationship with. And actually... To hold on to that, we need to actually uh, release the teachers amongst us. We need people who can open up the Bible, make it relevant for us today, and uh, actually make the truths of the Bible really accessible. And to be honest, uh, there's lots of teachers amongst us. I can see lots of teachers. You don't have to have studied theology to be a teacher. You don't have to have done a massive great course or degree to be able to do that with the Bible. Uh, Actually, um, you know, I know lots of people who do that really, really effectively. Um, Having not been ordained, having not been church leaders, all those sorts of things. It's just important to remember the reality of that. Does anyone feel that they've got that gift of teaching, opening up the Bible? There's a few people there, there's a few more. And so it's interesting, isn't it? This smattering of people around the place who uh, God has gifted. So Paul would say, actually, guys, know what your gifts are and really, really exercise them. Don't let paralysis set in. He would also say, you know, there are all sorts of gifts. There are these five gifts that I'm talking about in this chunk of my letter to you. But don't overlook the fact that there are other gifts 
But also, please, just don't forget the importance of these five. Why are these five important? He says, actually, because when these five fire well in a church, actually, people grow up and mature. Verses 12 and 13. These are given to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up till we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. And what we have to do here as a church is ensure everyone's gifts are firing, and you know that's my heart, you know that's what we're really wanting to do, but we need to make sure these all five are firing too. And what tends to happen in churches is two of them fire, or three of them fire, and not all five, and you become unbalanced when that's happening. So we need to hold these things together, remembering that when we do, extraordinary things follow. Uh, Verse 14 to 16, then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the ways, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As each part does its work. So, we've got a few minutes this morning. Can I encourage those with that sense of entrepreneurialism, pioneeringness, just to stand now. We're being a bit un-English, but let's just, we're amongst family. Can we stand if that's you? Okay. <laughs> don't be shy. I, know, I don't want to name people. There are other people around. Now, now, can some people just gather around and lay a hand on them? And we're going to pray that the Spirit would uh, basically fill them and anoint them and empower them for this time. Okay. And you can start that. What about those with that sense of the prophetic gift? Can you stand? We're going to do exactly the same for you. So there's someone here. There's someone here. Can people gather around? We're just going to make this messy. So, so let's all stand and gather around people. Okay, teaching gift. Teaching gift. Hands up, teaching. Hands up, teaching. Okay, so we're just going to, this is messy, but we can sort this out between us, can't we? Okay. Evangelists, anyone? Hands up. On the back row. Huh? No, that's fine. And then, uh, what was the last one we looked at? I can't remember. Pastors. Hands up, pastors. Okay, so can we all stand now? Gather round. Find people to pray for. Yeah. Sorry, that was a bit unclear, but the main thing is we'll get to pray for each other. That's the main thing, okay? So we've got, we got about uh, maybe seven, eight minutes to do this. So we've got a bit of time. And let's really pray that we'd respond to what God is doing at this time and pray for one another. Keep your eyes open, lay hands on people, ask the Spirit to fill people.